Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. So, so, so. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's Unrivaled 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Alex Keurig, Scott Mitchell. Thanks for being with us on the program. Uh, the program, Pilgrim, we're. Just plowing along here, and just uh, my heavens, the stuff that the stuff that that, that these teams. I'm I'm diving into more of these NFL this NFL uh, survey they did with the 1300 teams with the or the 1300 players and the players association, kind of asking them what they're what they'd like to see improved. It's pretty wild. The you stuff ha- that you, even in 2023, know, these players you have to take. You have to take some of it with a grain of salt because you guys are just some disgruntled the, NFL guys. No, they're. Prima Donna, ah. come on! They, they, yes, they do not see the world in <laughs> through real eyes. They There's don't. Some defensive lineman yeah. out of Iowa State. He's like, I like the sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. I, I, I thought that the sodas. I thought the Shasta was good on the planes. <laughs> uh, joining us right now on the program, Tyler Drake out of ArizonaSports.com. Our Sister station, brother station. We've never known how to do this. It's part have, of the family. Have we figured out the what your what the gender pronouns are of the station yet, Tyler? How we refer to you guys? <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. I'd probably just say uh, maybe sibling station. Sibling? sibling. <laughs> you know what? I love it. It's twenty twenty three. Sibling so, station. So who's the middle child? That's all I want to know. <laughs> I think we're some of the older ones here. This yeah. is like this one of the older ones. So, uh, Tyler, the the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, if we're, as we're if we're still talking about the player survey. They are one of the uh, less pleased, I guess, side of things with the players. They didn't like some of the facilities and some of the other things that were on that survey. What on earth is uh, is this ownership doing with this team that people are still a little bit disgruntled on how things are run there down in Arizona? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, pretty, uh, pretty. I mean, jarring from what the report card said. Obviously, 
like you guys said earlier, you got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Some of those things, you never know how many people from the Cardinals actually sent those in and so on and so on. If they were disgruntled or not, knew they were going to leave. So got to take it with a grain of salt. But also, yeah, I mean, some of those things were pretty, uh, pretty glaring. I mean, I think for me, the biggest one probably was the fact that they paid for the food. Uh, at the facility. I think that one stuck out the most to me just because that seems like that probably really shouldn't be happening. But yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of eye-opening things for not only them, but for, I mean, the commanders. I think we all knew that that was going to kind of go that way, but for a couple other teams too, like the Bengals. Uh, yeah, um, you know, it, it just smells of cheap. That, that You know, when you hear that, you just go, come on. You've it's always a, talked about when you play for the yeah, Bengals how it, cheap they were. No, it, and, it, and, and the stories were true. Just so you know, it was like you literally had to fight for a second pair of socks. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, you know, you had to sign some kind of waiver or like, you know, put it on credit or put it on my tab or, you know, you had to fill out a requisition form for, you know, just to get get an extra towel. But, yeah, it, you know, and, it, and it's it's unfortunate it's that way because – you know, Phoenix is such a great sports town, and there's so many good things going on. And the the Cardinals just seem to find a way to get in their own way. And this whole situation with uh, Kyler Murray, and you just feel like, you know, what what's going on there? What what's what's real? Because from the outside, it looks like is he a guy his teammates like? Is he is he aloof from the the other players? Who is Kyler Murray, and what what is that what is that situation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, from the from the outside looking in, you can definitely see that. But, you know, for me, talking with some of the players, you know, they really do have his back. Obviously, you've got to take that with a grain of salt because they're on his team. And, of course, you don't want to dog a teammate like that. But it sounds like, I mean, even Kelvin Beecham last year, he was a huge proponent for uh, – he was a huge guy backing Kyler uh, last offseason. And I think now it's just the fact of when is he going to play and, and how long is this rehab really going to take for him and is he going to be the same guy when he comes back? And, uh, you know, this year, this offseason was a lot of is he going to be rehabbing at the Cardinals facility as opposed to maybe back in Texas. And I think we're seeing that now as he's sticking around and doing it here. So it's just it's, – it, I think it's really with this new regime, I think it's a kind of a wait and see and see what happens with him right now and, and go from there. But – from the early interactions that Gannon's had, Jonathan Gannon's had with them, you know, it, it seems like they're on the same page. They want to get going. And, I mean, obviously, after last season, you definitely want to turn the page and start on the right foot. So, definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, interested to see who's going to be playing alongside him. That's, that's really the big one for me right now, which is wide receiver, offensive line, all of those. When you look at the number three overall pick that the Cardinals own and uh, their GM, Monty Fort, not really uh, – Giving up much info because you wouldn't because the draft is coming up and you got to play those uh, those cards close. What is the reality of what needs to get done right now? Is it a defensive lineman? Is it them trying to figure out uh, you know other pieces that could support Kyler Murray? What's that number three pick going to be uh, in your opinion? Like what has to happen? Yeah, you know, for me, I think if Will Anderson's there, I think you got to go that way. I think adding a guy of that stature, that kind of versatility will go a long way in Jonathan Gannon's defense or, or, or I guess team, I should say. I mean, he's, he's talked about versatility as one of his four pillars to really build the foundation of the Cardinals on. So, uh, you know, if Will's there, I think that's a no brainer. You know, Jalen Carter was in that mix, but I think with everything that's going on with him, with just the, the arrest warrant and, Everything that is along those lines, I don't think he's going to be the guy now just because of the Cardinals' own issues with speeding and, and 
you know, driving a vehicle not the way you should be. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, I think if it's not Will, I think you trade down and you get some assets. Uh, I think for the main, I mean, for the most part, it's got to be, you got to build the team from the line of scrimmage out. And so you add Will, try to re-sign Zach Allen. That's two really, really solid players right there to build around. And then offensively, you really got to start building that line because you bring Kyler Murray back, you better have somebody that's going to block for him because after what we saw last year, there's definitely some need there just on refilling, especially at the guard spots and at center. Uh, what have you noticed from uh, the new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, and just uh, what his whole era looks like? Uh, what, what What's the sense you have for him? Uh, yeah, so the dude just has a ton of energy. I, I think it's a complete opposite of what Cliff was. Uh, you know, Cliff came in at 3 a.m. and kind of had that same demeanor throughout the day and Jonathan Gannon sounds like he's coming in about the same time, but he's ready to go. He's trying to get guys around him juiced up. I mean, he brought in uh, defensive coordinator Nick Rollis for his press conference and came in clapping and hooting and hollering and saying happy Wednesday, and that would have never happened with the old regime. And then with Drew Petzing, uh, the offensive coordinator, he came in and, and apologized to everybody for being late and that they got to get on their stuff. And so you can definitely see the, the energies there. There's a, a whole different type of, I guess, culture being built. And now it's really just can that translate to on the field because you can say everything right, but if it doesn't translate on the field, you know, it's, it's a business at the end of the day. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, as we look at kind of the whole overall draft and, and what this class is, sometimes we look at it classes and go, yeah, this is a great quarterback class or this is a great wide receiver class. What is heavy this year that, that people kind of can't miss on that's uh, – and what's thin in terms of a, of a position where guys could end up moving up and teams might get caught with their pants down just taking guys early because there aren't a lot of pickings at different positions? Yeah, I think, you know, I think for all the talk that Anderson and, and you know, Tyree Wilson are getting, I think there's there's a couple more guys, especially from what we're seeing with these uh, combine numbers and these measurements and the 40-yard dashes. I mean, there's some guys that could move <laughs> move people. So, uh, I think that's a pretty deep area. I mean, obviously there's tiers, but I think after you get through Anderson and, and Wilson, I think that really kind of gets a bigger pool there. And then I think for me, you know, just from a Cardinal standpoint, I just don't think there's any solid offensive linemen that are really, you know, worth going and getting right now. I think from a draft standpoint, they can probably wait around and get some guys wait around to maybe see if they, they work out. But they also have two guys that are coming off of, uh, you know, they got Lasita Smith last year who showed some flashes, and then they've got Marquise Hayes who could potentially, uh, he didn't play last year, so he's another guy to keep an eye on. So it's going to be really interesting, with I think, just with the line of scrimmage for, for this draft. Obviously the quarterbacks up top, I think, are, are those guys with Stroud, Levis, Young, I th- and maybe even Richardson. And then from there, yeah, I, I think it kind of just goes into the line of scrimmage more than anything. Uh, you, you, you talked about the energy of, of Jonathan Gannon and uh, the, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles where, you know, they were kind of uh, struggling a few years ago and, and they get to the Super Bowl, but they have a lot of young 
excited, similar age type of coaches. And it looks like uh, Jonathan Gannon kind of had that same strategy. Uh, is there any anything to kind of following that Philadelphia Eagles model? Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the things that I noticed right away. Is it seems like, yeah, they're trying to really harness that young energy while also bringing in some guys that are older. You know, Jeff Rogers, they're retaining the special teams coordinator, assistant to the head, or assistant head coach. Uh, he's 44. I think there's a couple other guys in their 40s, but for the most part, there's a lot of 30 year olds, and uh, it's the energy is definitely there. And, and yeah, like I mentioned before, it's just really going to determine. I mean, what can they put on the field at the end of the day? You can be as raw raw as you want, but if you can't put something out there that's going to get W's or at least move the needle in the way to get to that point, then there's there's some issues there. Well, Sirianni, when he got hired, he talked about systems. Mm. Get, we're going to put a lot of systems together and a lot of people, and, and we're going to get some smart players. Smart people, smart players, so systems. That, that's all you got to do. Just get some systems in yeah. place down well, there. Listen, get some smart people. They, uh, I'm looking at the la- that the laundry list of guys who've been uh, replaced and uh, new guys who've walked into the building. And obviously, it happens with a changeover in a, it, it, with, a, with a new coach and everything. But, man, I mean – just getting everybody back on the same page again, that takes so much. It helps to be the, to have the third pick in the draft, but there is so much work that has to be done for this Cardinals team to be competing in that NFC West. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There really is. I mean, it starts with the coaching staff getting on the same page, getting the personnel on the same page, and then making it all work to get W's. I mean, that's what what the business is at the end of the day. And and really, it's yeah, it's it's there's just a lot of things they've got to check off the list. And I, I, you know, honestly, with Kyler Murray's status, this is, in my opinion, is more of a wash season than anything. I mean, you got you just have to show improvement. I don't think you can really say, hey, let's make the goal for the playoffs because I think that's really out of the question right now, unless they're really doing a full overhaul and really bringing in guys that are going to impact right away. And who knows? Maybe there's a Detroit Lions kind of trajectory of not at the playoffs but getting really close. But it just—it seems like this is going to be one of those years where it's, hey, just show some legit improvement, and let's see if we can get back to the playoffs the following season. What just is the play the, with one butt cheek and three three fingers? Yeah, that's all, that's, that's all you need. That's all we learned from Dan Campbell. Play right? gritty. Uh, what is the status <laughs> of uh, what's the status of Kyler Murray though? The ACL or uh, you know, I mean, that injury is a is a lot to deal with. And if you're a brand new coach, you want to get your guy going, but of course you got to wait that timeline, the exact timeline for this guy. So, what is the timeline for Kyler, Mur- Kyler Murray's return, and and what's like a legitimate time frame we could see him back on the field? Yeah, you know we haven't really gotten one. We've asked uh, Jonathan Gannon, we've asked Monty Austin for it, uh, and, they, and they're just kind of letting him heal up. They didn't want to put any pressure on putting a timeline, so really it's just kind of prolong. It's just it's he's just doing it, and uh, you know Gannon did. Uh, say that he was right on schedule. Uh, Michael Bidwell, I believe, said the same thing on a podcast recently. But yeah, it's, it seems like he's right on schedule. I, you know, from what I've heard, it's anywhere from he could be back at the middle of the season. He could pause if it's really, if he really turns on the Jets and gets it together and heals up fast. Maybe it's a couple weeks in, but I, you know, I think they're going to be careful with him. You know, the last regime didn't even have him play preseason games. Or if they did, it was very, very minimal. So I can definitely see that. I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to be ready by preseason, but I think they're really going to be careful with them. And, and like I said earlier, it's, it's really a walk season. So if you're going to throw him out there, you better make sure he's 100% because there's a lot of money tied up to him, and you really have to build that team around him. So if you lose him again, that's that's not good for anybody. Yeah, his legs are such a big part of what he does, so he's, he's got to be 100% there. What What's the fan base like? I'm, you know, I – 
Uh, it felt like Cliff Kingsbury was a good hire and the team seemed to be headed in the right direction. And then it's almost like it just fell off a cliff. What what happened there? And, and, and I see what you did there, uh, by the way. I don't really appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah, you know. It just happens. Like, I don't know. It's just a natural thing that happens, but, you know, we'll go with it. And and so what what was you know what what happened there and you know are the fan base is like man this is just this is just another Cardinals thing another Bidwell thing you know we just keep hiring a new coach what where is the fan base? Yeah, you know I think they're they're they were ready for a change definitely with Cliff. Uh, you know halfway through 2021 they were on top of the world and then came crashing down and never really got back to it. I think a couple big reasons could not adapt to not having DeAndre Hopkins on the field, could not adapt and, and change up the game plan on a weekly basis to keep, uh, you know, opposing defenses uh, honest. So a lot there. And I think that's really going to come down to everyone's focus. You know, obviously Gannon's defensive minded. So that's going to put all the focus on Drew Petsing to really come out the gate and have a plan for this offense to take that next step, because that was supposed to be their bread and butter last year. And really the defense was better than the offense last year. I mean, the offense was, had so much more money put into it, but did not show up and was just atrocious. It really was. And so it's really got to be a turnaround. And, and who knows, maybe Gannon wants to take more of a defensive mindset to it, and maybe that'll help. But I think at the end of the day, you're really going to have to be watching Drew Petsing, how the offense works. And, and I think if you don't see a lot of improvement right away, it's, it's going to be kind of the same thing of, hey, what the heck's going on here? Why do we not have a guy that can – you know, push Kyler to that next level or just the offense in general to the next level with him not on the team. Uh, as we look at this thing, uh, we're, we're trying to figure out exactly what this draft is, is going to give us. And who knows, every year it becomes uh, very different. Tyler Drake, ArizonaSports.com, uh, joins us, covers the Cardinals and their draft situation down there. And obviously what they're dealing with, the changeover of a full coaching staff. Uh, when you see all of what's across the board, what are the best quarterbacks that are there that that definitely are going to change teams uh versus guys that could be i don't know the next zach wilson <laughs> yeah i mean i think for me it's probably young and, and stroud are two guys that you know i've kind of looked at a little bit closely and those i think i obviously the bryce young has the uh, the height kind of questions there and you know honestly a lot of people have kind of compared that to Kyler Murray's situation. So that's something interesting. But, you know, those two guys really stand out for me. And I think Anthony Richardson's really shooting up that that board too. So uh, very interested to see how it all works out because it might – who knows? I think this draft, we're, we're in for a pretty wild one if, you know, the trades start popping off because there's going to be a lot of movement for those first couple picks, especially if quarterbacks are just – that's all that are – those are all that are going off the board at that point. What was the real story between with uh, with the Kyler Wor- uh, Murray clause in his contract of uh, what he had to he had to work out so much or they he took had to, it out he Scott. had to study so to much. Study. What, what's the what's the real scoop behind that? Yeah, I think it was exactly that they they put a clause in for him to you know make sure he dedicated his time to the film, to tape, to to being a football player, and and you know getting the ins and outs of what the tape brings. And I think it was really quick. They took it out and realized, hey, that's probably not the best idea. That's going to bring more uh, negativity than anything. So 
that's really what it was. I, from from what I from what everything that I got, everything that I heard, everything that I saw, that's really what it came down to. They put it in there, they took it out right away after it got out. But were were they questioning him? Did they feel like he wasn't de- dedicated? I mean, I, I've never I, like I, I don't know that I've ever heard that you that the team would even put that in. I mean, I hear teams yeah, I mean, putting it, like a weight clause and certain things in contracts, but but not a work hard clause or watch film clause. Yeah, it definitely makes you wonder. Definitely makes you wonder with that. And, and I mean, you don't put it in there unless you have some kind of feeling like that, in my opinion. So definitely could see that. And I think it just really – I think there's a lot of pressure on Kyler to really turn the narrative around and come back from this injury and really clean slate everything. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to put a clause in like that, there's probably something to it. All right, Tyler Drake joining us uh, here on the program, uh, ArizonaSports.com, where you can read his byline, get uh, all the updates uh, for you Cardinals fans out there, and anybody who's really interested in some of the uh, ins and outs of the crazy draft that is up uh, upcoming. And, of course, the whole Jalen Carter thing just adds to another layer of this weird draft class and, and then adds more to what team is going to take a, a gamble on a guy like that. And, uh, man, it's just insane stuff. Tyler, thanks for hanging out with us, man. We love chatting with you again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. There you go. Tyler Drake. From our sibling station. Did we get that right? Sibling station, Jeremy? Okay. Is there a sibling rivalry? No, no. No, no we like these guys. But we're way better. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh. Now, if anybody else tries to talk tra- trash about them, we'll come after them because they're a sibling station. But, yeah, if they if it's if it's who needs to go into the shower first, it's always us. Where the sibling needs to go to the shower first. We'll take the break here. Should we take a break? Yeah. Jeremy, is it time for a break? Okay. Yeah, I think so. We'll come back. Uh, we have more to go around the corner. We have uh, our discussions upcoming about the Pac-12. Some predictions that are uh, upcoming. We want to be able to roll out some of the things that we think uh, could happen when it comes to this. Uh, the possibility of some teams leaving, sticking around, some media rights, expansion, all of that coming up. Uh, by the way, the... Front end of our show, always brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives, plenty of protein. G2G Bars, perfect for anybody who needs that quick, tasty, nutritious boost. More to go. Stay with us. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.